0: This is the Raising Free Thinkers podcast. I'm Dale McGowan, editor and co-author of Raising Free Thinkers and Parenting Beyond Belief. Books for raising compassionate, curious kids without religion. Episode 23: What if your child becomes religious? The question often sounds like a mic drop or at least it sounds like the questioner thinks it is. Someone learns I'm a non-religious parent, and they ask, What if one of your kids becomes religious? Now, one of the many problems with that question is the implication that religious identification is a single point of arrival, like the day a young adult's demon takes a fixed form in the golden compass. Or... Palms start flashing red in Logan's Run, if you're old enough to remember that one. Did it work that way for you? You were religious and then boom, one day you were not? Or did you pass through a number of stages and try on a number of hats along the way? I thought so. and see what a lovely person you turned out to be. A close relative of mine went through a period of experimentation with different worldviews. After being a fairly conventional New Testament Christian for a while, she became a sort of Manichaean dualist, believing the world was divided into good and evil, darkness and light. And she eventually went through this Einsteinian pantheist phase before adopting a benevolent utilitarian humanism. And then she turned six that was my youngest daughter. Among my three, she was the real experimenter with worldview. But I always encouraged all three of my kids to try on as many beliefs as they wanted and to switch back and forth whenever they felt drawn to a different hat, confident that in the long run, they'd be better informed not only of the identity they choose, but of those they decline. If I disowned my kids every time they passed through a religious identity, I'd have had to keep a lawyer on retainer. Another problem is in the specifics. My child has become religious, you say. Is it love your neighbor religious, or God hates fags religious? Four chaplains religious, or 9-11 hijackers religious? Dalai Lama or Jerry Falwell? Adding to the difficulties is the almost comic range of meaning for the word religion. Case in point, a friend of mine has verses from the Book of Psalms painted as a border around the walls of her living room and believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the sole path to salvation. Yet she describes herself as, quote, not at all religious, really. And then you have the Unitarians, the majority of whom are non-theistic, but who tend to insist that they are religious. So saying that someone is religious demands an answer to the next question. What do you mean by that? It's also silly to think that I'd applaud all non-religious outcomes. If you've managed to get to 2022 without discovering a toxic atheist online, well, congratulations, I guess. So the question, what if your child becomes religious, is about as vague and meaningless as what if your child becomes political? I have three compassionate, socially conscientious, smart, ethical young adult kids with every indication of remaining so. If they end up choosing a religious expression at some point, it's likely to be one that expresses those values. They might be liberal Quakers, or Unitarians, or progressive Episcopalians or Buddhists, framing their worldview in a way different from, but entirely respectable to, my own way of seeing things. We could do far worse than a world of liberal Quakers. If, instead, one of my kids were to identify with a more malignant religion, I'd certainly express my concerns. But the consequences of the belief would be the main point, not the fact that it is religious. And my love for my child, it goes without saying, would be reduced by not so much as a hair on a flea on a neutrino's butt. Despite this approach being plastered all over my books, I often have to defend against the charge that I am indoctrinating my kids. A definition can help with this. Indoctrination is any teaching that demands unquestioning acceptance. It's the opposite of little f free thought. And anybody can do it. I've run across atheist parents who are determined to indoctrinate their kids into atheism. I once read an online comment by an atheist mother who said that she would never let her child develop religious belief. She won't let them? I'm not even sure what that means. At the heart of indoctrination is the distrust of reason. The indoctrinator simply can't entrust something as important as, insert doctrine here, to the process of independent reasoning. But free thought parenting should have confidence and reason at its foundation. Teach kids to think independently and well, and then trust them to do so. And part of that education is encouraging them to resist indoctrination of all kinds, even if it's coming from mom and dad. Years ago, a columnist at the Sydney Morning Herald in Australia wrote a column about parenting beyond belief, and he said he liked the book just fine. But McGowan is fooling himself, he said, if he thinks he isn't indoctrinating his kids. Parents can't avoid indoctrinating their kids. The child of an atheist, he said, is being just as indoctrinated as the child of a devoutly religious person, Now, if he had said that the child of an atheist is at no less risk of being indoctrinated, I'd agree. What matters is not the belief system, but whether there is an explicit invitation to question and challenge, and ultimately to disagree. His statement struck me as incredibly cynical. Does he really believe that indoctrination is our only option? And what he was doing is mixing up the words indoctrination and influence. All parents can and should influence their kids. And that influence is bound to be huge. Influence only becomes indoctrination when you forbid them to question what they receive from you. For extra insurance, you should explicitly invite them to do so. Ridiculous, some people say. Young children are not in a position to critically evaluate what they hear. When they're young, they accept things uncritically, whether we like it or not, so influence is indoctrination, whether we like it or not. Well, the first statement is true. When they are young kids will tend to absorb and reflect the values and beliefs of their parents uncritically. My kids were the most rabid Obama supporters on the block in his first election, and I doubt that would have been the case had my wife and I been McCain supporters. But there's a good evolutionary reason for the suggestibility of kids. Children have the daunting task of changing from the equivalent of helpless Stone Age newborns into fully functioning adults in the modern world in about 7,000 days. That's why kids are so credulous. That's why they are believing machines. And that's good in one way. When we're children, the tendency to believe it, when we're told that fire is dangerous, that cliffs are not to be dangled from, and so on, helps us, in the words of Richard Dawkins, to pack with extraordinary rapidity, our skulls, full of the wisdom of our parents and our ancestors, in order to accomplish the unthinkably complex feat of becoming adults. If kids were to examine and question everything they were told, they'd never make it to adulthood. There's just too much. So unquestioning acceptance really does have its place in childhood. The trick is to keep it in its place, because there's another process taking place in those 7,000 days. Alongside the years of imitation and attachment is a process of separation during which the child does the equally important work of forging an independent identity. Uncritical acceptance is gradually replaced by seemingly constant challenge, and the best thing we can do to avoid indoctrination in the imitation phase is to prepare our kids and ourselves for the separation process right from the start. Both imitation and separation happen, and both are important. The best way to nurture our kids' development is to understand, once and for all, that they will imitate us, and they will separate from us. The key, all through that imitation phase of childhood, is to constantly invite them toward the separation phase to make sure that even as they imitate us, they are constantly developing the skills and hearing the invitation to set off on their own. My kids have always known my religious views, and they've certainly been influenced by them. But I've worked hard to counter that undue influence so they wouldn't be set in cement before they could make up their adult minds. When my daughter asked if Jesus really came back to life after he was dead, I said, well, I don't think so. I think that's a story so we feel better about death. But talk to Grandma Barbara. I know she thinks it really happened, and then you can make up your own mind and even change your mind back and forth a thousand times if you want. My kids heard that basic approach hundreds of times, and to call that indoctrination is to be in urgent need of a dictionary. It is influence without indoctrination. It is free thought with a microscopic F. Free thought is the heart and foundation of my parenting. Free thought not atheism. Be completely honest about your point of view, but then make it clear to your kids that you are inviting them to differ from you, inviting them to ask questions about what you believe and why, and inviting them to actively explore other beliefs and ultimately to choose their own. Now one of the best ways to avoid indoctrination and embrace free thought in the lower case is by avoiding restrictive labels. Labels color the way we see the world. Even adults have to watch out for this, but it's even more important for a developing child. It's a very different process to reach adulthood and choose your identity yourself versus looking down to see the word Catholic or atheist hanging around your neck, knowing that the first thing you have to do is deal with the label that your loving parents, usually with the best of intentions, placed on you without your informed consent. Such a moment is fraught with a hundred unhelpful emotions, including, of course, guilt. Richard Dawkins noted that referring to a child as a Catholic child, or a Muslim child, or an atheist child, is as ridiculous as saying a Marxist child, or a Republican child. These labels represent complex worldviews that they cannot yet claim to have examined and chosen freely. Until they can, there is no need to force the issue. They don't have to belong to any label. My kids went in and out of different beliefs all the time, which is exactly what they should have been doing. But it's one thing to believe or disbelieve in God this week, and quite another thing to call yourself a Christian or an atheist. It's the same with politics. During the 2012 election, my 10-year-old daughter said, we're Democrats, right? I said, well, no, mom and dad are Democrats. You seem to like Barack Obama. It's not quite the same. In the next election, you might like somebody from another party. You get to choose a party when you are old enough to vote, if you want to. And even then you can change your mind a thousand times. My family went to church when I was a kid, but I never felt that I'd been claimed by a certain religious identity. As a result, I came to my current views on my own. It's the thing I value most about my worldview, is that it's really mine. Why would I deprive my kids of that feeling of authenticity? And that is all I would ever ask of a religious parent. That they share the experience of their faith, but then say, here's what I believe with all my heart, it's very important to me, and I think it's true. But these are things that every person has to decide for herself. And I want you to talk to people who have different beliefs so you can make up your own mind. And you can change your mind a thousand times. There's no penalty for getting it wrong. And I will love you no less if you end up believing differently from me. Imagine if that was the norm. Imagine kids growing up with an invitation to engage these profound questions freely and without fear. If a child in a religious family were to hear those same invitations from parents, from the pulpit, and in Sunday school, that would be religion without indoctrination. And I would gladly stand in the back of the church and applaud. I don't need a world free of religion. I'll gladly settle for a world free of indoctrination. And I'm doing my best to achieve that world by Raising Freethinkers. The Raising Freethinkers podcast is a production of OnlySky Media, exploring the whole human experience from the secular perspective. Visit us online at OnlySky.media. Thanks for listening. I'm Dale McGowan. See you next time for Raising Freethinkers.